Dallas Birth Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Yuki McGregor. This week's guest is Tiffany Wick of Push Postpartum Counseling, and she is a counselor for not just moms who might be suffering from postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety, but she is also a counselor for birth workers, which is really incredible. So welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So how do we dive right into this? Um, What led you to like postpartum counseling specifically? So um, I've been a counselor for several years um, and I've been working with youth and different um, different issues like uh, domestic violence and sexual assault but um, I actually got into postpartum because of my own story so um, I struggled severely with postpartum depression um, and after I had my baby I searched for well I actually didn't get help for months and then I searched for months afterwards trying to find somebody who specializes in that, who could understand what I was going through, and I couldn't find anybody. And so um, kind of knowing what struggles I went through and the journey that I went through and um, not really feeling I could reach out for help, I wanted to be able to pay it forward and be a resource for um, new moms and even just pregnant moms because I think a lot of times we don't talk about the um, prenatal depression that can happen. Um, And so I... I wanted to be that resource so that I can be easily accessible and moms can have a place to go. Oh, that's wonderful. And I love that you mentioned pregnancy, pregnancy um, symptoms as well, because you're right, you totally can start as early as pregnancy. So I know that there are a few different types of, um, I don't even know what you would call it. I don't want to say it's, I don't, I don't think it's the right word is mental disorders, but like if there's postpartum anxiety, depression, and psychosis, um, is that the same for pregnancy as well? Do those kind of mirror each other? Yeah, they do. Um, it looks a little bit different. Um, prenatal depression and anxiety, um, a lot of it has to do, there's similar symptoms of sleeping too much or not sleeping enough, sadness, irritability, but um, a lot of it has to do with the connection to your baby because baby's not here yet. Um, Some women struggle um, with connecting to the baby inside of them and, you know, wanting to be, um, eat the right things and and wanting to um, really connect with seeing the baby on the monitor or talking about their birth plan or even talking about um, a hospital tour or talking to their midwives. And so um, some of those things are precursors and they're good signs of prenatal depression, anxiety, um, kind of in addition to the actual like depression, anxiety, like regular symptoms that you would see. Mm, yeah. Oh, that's really good information. And so as far as postpartum anxiety, depression, that can, how can that start? Because I, I know that it, it can start anywhere from like minutes after birth to days, months, years. And so what, that, what could that look like for a newly postpartum mom? Absolutely. So yeah, you're right. It can start like minutes after birth. Um, sometimes it comes from having a traumatic birth experience. Um, and so Again, like they look similar in that there's irritability or sadness or, um, you know, not an appetite, not wanting to socialize. Maybe there's um, just a history of depression. But I think a lot of times with postpartum depression and anxiety, we um, misname it because we see an exhausted mom and we think, 
okay, great, well, she's got lack of sleep, like, let's just give her some sleep and she'll be okay, or let's, you know, come provide a meal and she's a, and she's fine, but there are so many other factors that go into that. Breastfeeding is um, definitely something that can contribute to postpartum depression. I'll be honest, in my own journey, that was something that contributed because I struggled with breastfeeding for weeks, and I didn't have the supply, and there was such shame and guilt in that. Um, on top of the fact that, you know, we kind of have a culture that a, a healthy baby is the best baby in the best kind of way, and we forget about mom a lot. And so when people come over and they visit baby, but they don't really talk to mom. And so that contributes to it, that isolation, um, those first few weeks and um, the, you know, low maternity leave like that we have sometimes contributes to that because mom then has to go back to work and then leaves baby somewhere. And then there's, those thoughts of worry or panic or anxiety um, on top of sleep deprivation and not eating enough and not being able to shower enough and taking care of themselves. And so um, a lot of those factors contribute. And then it just becomes a very lonely place because you don't feel like you can reach out to somebody um, to talk about this because we're not having enough conversations about postpartum depression and anxiety. And so, um, there's a lot of shame and guilt behind just having that or naming it in the first place. Um, and then, again, those lack of resources. So not knowing where to go and you talk to a mom who might be depressed, where do you where do you tell her to go? Where do you tell her to get help? Um, and a lot of therapists don't are, are not necessarily fully equipped in maternal mental health um, and how to adjust for um, not just regular mental health issues, but like that postpartum period and understanding that birth work and, and what goes into that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You made two really good points. So the first one, like even like admitting or call, like saying that you have postpartum depression can be like really triggering for you. There's a lot of shame and guilt behind that. I love that you said that because um, so this week we are, I think we missed, we missed it by one day, but maternal mental health week was this past week. And yes. I saw a lot of stats go across and, and one in five moms, you suffer mm-hmm. from anxiety or depression during a pregnancy and their birth. And that's not a small number. Um, right. I mean, it's really not. And so I think it affects more people than, you're right, what we talk about in the open because there is that shame behind it. So for, I want to address that first. So for our moms, is this something that you would tell them is not necessarily normal, but it's a more common occurrence than what they, what they, what they think? Absolutely. And, Chances are one in five is probably still a really low statistic. I would assume that that number is a lot higher because, again, like I said, you know, there's that shame and guilt in naming it and being able to say, like, I'm struggling right now beyond just figuring out how to be a new mom. I'm really struggling myself. And so um, I would venture to say that if you have two or three friends, one of them has it um, and you're not alone and they struggle too. Um, but that's hard to, it's hard to reach out and say that first thing where, Hey, I need help. I'm not okay. Um, however, I would encourage any new mom, if you feel, if you feel disconnected to your baby, if you feel like you don't have, you don't want to take care of your baby, and that's a little bit different than not having the energy. Um, but, um, if you don't really want to do that, um, if you are feeling like you might hurt your baby, um, and that's also something we don't talk about is, there is 
severe postpartum depression, and moms do have those thoughts. Whether they would do that or not is a totally different story. And most moms don't want to hurt their babies, but those thoughts do come across their mind because they're sleep deprived, they're depressed, they're lonely, they're isolated, they feel guilty or shamed by something that they haven't done perfectly in the first few weeks of life of their kid. And so um, if you feel those feelings, get them fast and early. Say something to someone early and then and get the help that you need. And even if it's to a chiropractor or a pediatrician or your OB-GYN or whatever, they have the resources too. And so talking to another professional is the best thing that you can do for yourself because that will give you help a lot faster and then build a support system around yourself where you know you can be honest with them about your struggles so that they understand how to support you in the day-to-day, not just in those those moments where you get mental health uh, counseling. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's such great advice. And that kind of brings me to the second point also, like the really good point that you made is that not all like mental health practitioners are equal. They all have their different um, specialties that they focus on. And so finding somebody who really focuses and narrows down into maternal mental health, what should somebody look for um, in a healthcare practitioner when they're looking for somebody to help them with postpartum depression or anxiety? Um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily, it doesn't boil down to a certification or something like that, which those are helpful. Um, and those are definitely good things to know that they've had that education and they know what to do. But I think it all has to do with um, a counselor's willingness to um, learn and adapt to what your needs are. And so um, there are a lot of counselors who are awesome out there, and they're willing to learn and adapt to postpartum needs of moms, even though they might not have the schooling or the formal certification or something like that out there. But when you have an initial consult with a mental health counselor, or even if you talk to them on the phone, which what I would strongly encourage you to do is talk to them on the phone first. That way you can kind of get a feel for um, what they want, and you don't have to spend your hour wondering, oh, wow, well, are they going to be able to help you or help me or not? Um, when you talk to them, you know, say, are you willing to learn more about postpartum to meet my needs? Are you willing to um, educate me um, a little bit more on what I need um, as a mom and how to take care of myself? Because um, there are a lot of counselors who have a very wide scope of practice, and they're fantastic, and they can add that to it. Um, you know, I. In my personal experience, I was comfortable with a female who had kids um, just because I know that even if she never experienced postpartum or pre, um, prenatal depression, um, she knows what it's like to be a mom. So that helps me a lot. Um, but she yeah. has to find out what works for you. And so finding a mental health counselor who's at least passionate about you as a person and ha- passionate about helping you is where to start. Oh, that's such great advice. And I totally agree that. It, it doesn't always come down to a certification, but their willingness to help you. And I think that's so true for everybody in a support team, too. Um, and so I think mental health in general, not even just specifically to maternal mental health, but mental health in general, I feel like it's very stigmatized in our world. So if you say, you know, oh, I'm going to counseling or I'm going to therapy, it's usually looked at like, whoa, what is what's going on, like what's happening. Mm -hmm. When in my experience, it's usually good to go see a counselor or therapist um, just to kind of like like dig some stuff up and work through some things, which um, is, is I think, good for everybody. And so 
thinking about like unstigmatizing maternal mental health specifically, how how can we open this conversation up to other moms or like mo- like friends who are moms um, and other women in our lives so we can help them feel like this is something that they can feel safe and talk openly about saying, hey, I have a rough time. This is going on. And then we can kind of steer them in the right direction of finding somebody to help them. Yeah. Um, so awareness is such a huge um, issue. And so, you know, the more that we are open and willing to talk about mental health, um, the better it is. And so if you're still uncomfortable with talking about, oh, I'm going to see a counselor or a therapist or whatever, that's okay. Um, but those who are willing to say it, those who are willing to own it and say, hey, you know what, like, this is not just because of something wrong. Everyone should be in therapy at some point in their life. For, that's my personal belief because it's about self-care. It's about you improving on the things that may not be um, great, but they're good and you can get better or maybe there's something that's not great, good at all, and you can you can get it up to the point where you need to take care of yourself and that you're thriving instead of just surviving. So when we have those conversations, we have those open um, talks with people who may not be educated on the issues of depression and anxiety, or they might not be educated on the issue of mental health, or even just the idea that counseling is a good thing, um, talking to them about, you know, your experiences. I openly talk to people about my therapy experiences and because people like to hear real stories of change and they like to hear real stories of improvement. I could quote facts all day long. I could tell you stats. I could tell you things about how mental health improves your your emotional capacity and those kinds of things, but people don't want to hear that as much as the practical, you know what? I went to therapy and months later, like I started realizing things about myself and I changed my behavior and I was looking at the world in a different way because I was able to process some of those things that I had never processed before. I was able to improve on myself and some things that I had never really even gotten a chance to work on. But I'm not just paying for someone to listen to me jabber. I'm paying for somebody so that I'm openly free to talk about myself without guilt, without shame, without worry. And work on the things to improve my life and my quality of life. And so when we have those conversations where it's not a negative of, oh, you know, therapy to help my problems, but therapy not just to help the things that are from bad to good, but good to better, I think that starts to raise awareness and people are now more open to support others who are going to therapy and need those um, that mental health boost in their life. I love that you said that mental health boost. I think that's like the best possible phrasing that I've ever heard to describe it. I mean, that's wonderful. (laughs) Um, And so go for somebody who's never been a part of and gone to therapy in their life or is thinking that they have are experiencing either prenatal postpartum anxiety or depression. What should they expect like a first, like first session to look like? Because I know it can be different for every kind of counselor. Yeah. um, So typically, you know, a first session is a lot of fact finding. So Mm -hmm. as a counselor, I want to know about you. I want to know kind of what's been going on in the last few weeks, um, what brought you here today. But then um, I also, you know, we typically counselors have like new client questionnaires. So, you know, they talk about family history and potentially what medications you are. Like we want to know some of those things because, we want to be able to best serve you and give you the best support possible. So 
um, a counselor's job is to leave their preconceived notions and their biases aside so that we can be present in the moment with our client and give them the support they need therapeutically. So with that new client questionnaire, once you guys fill that out, it's it gives us kind of some ideas of, okay, great, this is where they're coming from. So I don't have any preconceived notions. I don't have to say, like, you know, you have prenatal or postpartum depression, and I'm not thinking that this is the first time, or I'm not thinking that you might have a history of it. Like, there's no um, assumptions that I'm making, and I'm just going to come in, and I know your family history. Let's talk about that a little bit, but let's talk about what your needs are right now and how we can get there. And then what I like to typically do in a first session is I don't ever want to leave anybody where it's just a fact-finding session. I want to talk to them a little bit, especially if they're struggling with prenatal, um, I mean, sorry, postpartum depression and anxiety. I want to give them some coping strategies before they see me for the following week because you can never go for a first session and then realize, wait, did therapy actually happen? Um, I want to give you something. Like, I want to right. talk with them through something so that they have some tools so that we can actually do, like, the really good hard work the next week and we can dig deep. So um, it's just really important to, like, I, I want to make sure that my clients are cared for, but I want to make sure that they get something out of that um, so that they realize that they're they're supported, but they can also make it through the next week without um, wondering what to do still. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And it kind of leads us into my next question or next segment, I guess. Um, you don't just treat pregnant moms or like new moms. You also treat birth workers. And when we first met, you kind of mentioned that they can suffer from like secondary trauma with a bad birth. Mm -hmm. And so you do a lot of counseling mm -hmm. for them. Is that the only kind of counseling you do with them? Or um, what, what other kind of work do you do with birth workers specifically? So um, I do a couple of different things. So I offer a one-time session for birth workers who just want to process the birth um, that they might have been through. Um, and, you know, birth work is hard. So they're in the trenches. They're often the, front, the first line of defense. And so they see things and they experience things. Maybe that the moms had an even experience. It might not even be tra traumatic for um, the women that they are helping. But they need to process it themselves. It might have brought up things from their own birth or things from their um, past or whatever. And so I offer one-time sessions just for processing that secondary trauma. Um, but, you know, oftentimes it leads into um, just normal therapy. Because, again, it's really at the end of the day, um, therapy is about self-care, and it's about loving yourself um, that you want to improve on your life. And so um, – Birth workers need that self-care, too, because they are giving so much of themselves, and they are in the helping professions, and so that can be emotionally exhausting sometimes. So um, when you go when you come to therapy, they're just improving on themselves and that work-life balance because oftentimes they have families and they have, you know, they're on on-call life, and so that's difficult. And so processing some of that, but in ongoing therapy and, and just improving on the things they want to work on. So just like mamas, um, taking care of the birth workers. I love that. It's kind of like really full circle. Like you, you help anybody who is even remotely close to a birth process anything that might have happened um, in continuing care with them I think is amazing. Yeah. I'm really passionate about women, so and I'm passionate yeah. about like 
empowering and giving women, helping them give themselves the tools to succeed in their lives because women are so strong and we do so much supporting of others that it's so important that somebody supports us. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And you, I feel like, especially postpartum, because like we mentioned a little bit earlier, once a baby is born, it's kind of like, who's mom? Like the attention mm-hmm. is immediately away from mom and on the baby. And so to bring that back yeah. to the mom and to taking care of herself so that she can take care of her baby is just is so important. So I am just so incredibly happy that Dallas has a resource like you, especially, um, to help them through that. And so as we kind of just close up here, I have a final question for you. Um, so for any moms who are either pregnant or postpartum, what are some some signs maybe that they are experiencing postpartum anxiety, depression, and what would be like maybe the top two tips for them um, to come to either cope with that or to look for a um, counselor or a therapist that could help them through that. Absolutely. So, (laughs) yeah, so um, let's talk about anxiety first. So um, prenatal or postpartum anxiety is that constant worry that, um, it's a panic. Oftentimes you're losing sleep. Um, maybe you're high stress, irritable. Um, maybe you're having anxiety attacks. So that rapid breathing, those racing thoughts. Um, and so that's really something to look out for. Those physiological signs, really listening to your body. Um, is your body in a panic state? Could you be able to calm yourself down? Um, and if you can't, then you're probably experiencing some sort of prenatal or postpartum anxiety, um, especially if it's centered around baby. And you've never had that before. <laughs> um, with depression, um, it could be irritability. It could be sleeping um, excessively or not enough, um, loss, loss of appetite, and not the lack of time to eat the actual loss of appetite. Um, And when I say like excessive sleeping, I mean, and I know that that's rare, but a lot of times when you've lost that desire to take care of your baby or you've lost that desire to be present with your baby, um, sometimes that gets substituted with sleep. And so um, excessive sleeping, loss of appetite, not wanting to be around anybody, not necessarily just that postpartum, like I want to be alone right now with my baby, but like, I don't want to be around anybody. I want to just be off in my own little corner, leave me alone. Um, and then, so, and, and then really just um, those thoughts of maybe even hurting your baby, hurting yourself, um, or just not wanting to connect with your baby. Um, and so those kind of extreme thoughts were that we don't normally think about, um, but they do occur postpartum. And then prenatally, um, a lot of times they don't, they occur in, um, I don't really care what happens during my pregnancy. I don't care about my birth plan. I don't care about um, giving birth. It's whatever. Like, I'm just going to do my thing. Like, I'm going to be me. And, um, and that, that um, it's like, it's an automatic thought and it's not intentional for you to do that. But at the same time, they're reoccurring. Um, and so those are the signs, um, what to do about it, <clears throat> but other than calling a mental health counselor, um, is, um, 
really listening again, listening to your body. So um, with anxiety, um, can you slow your breathing down? Can you take some deep, calming breaths? Um, and then count. So inhale for five, exhale for five. Um, often we do for we do it for three seconds. Um, do it for five, and it'll be it'll come become easier and easier. But it'll calm your breath down. Um, for depression, you know, depression can be scary because postpartum, um, it can bring some scary thoughts. And so I had a friend when I was going through postpartum depression who would tell me, um, you know, even if baby's sleeping or even if baby's crying, like if you're, you can see baby through the window, go stand on the patio or go stand on the porch or something where you can still have baby in eye shot, but you need to take a deep breath and you need to step out. Um, whether it's excessive crying again or irritability or whatever, so that you're not harming baby yourself and, but you're still, baby's still safe in the house. Um, and so, and then call somebody because, um, those thoughts can escalate if they're untreated. Um, and those thoughts can also, um, become like more intense, um, as far as frequency. And then they, kind of impact your physical well-being as well. Again, like loss of appetite and um, potentially self-harm or anything like that. So um, taking those precautions is really important. Even if you can hand baby off to um, another support system for a couple of hours, whether it's sleep or whether you're going to store or whatever, um, I used to go to Target frequently um, because that got me out of the house and I was around people, um, but I didn't have to talk to anybody. And so, but I was in daylight and I wasn't sleeping and I wasn't um, having to like specifically like nurse baby or do anything like that, but I was interacting. So me, me and baby would go to Target and we would just walk around for hours and that got me out of the house and it got me out of those scary thoughts too. So um, some of those things, like those coping skills um, that you can employ that are daily um, that you can just do to survive and then call somebody. Yeah. Oh, those are really, really great tips. Thank you so much for sharing those. So for anybody or any of our listeners who are um, thinking that they might be experiencing something or any birth workers who may want to unpack some things with you, where can people find you? Yeah, so um, my website is pushcounseling.com, um, and so I run Push Counseling, and so um, you can find me on Facebook, you can find me on Twitter, um, on Instagram, and then um, you can give me a call. So um, I'm around. I have uh, if you go to the website, all the information is there, um, and I am I have appointments. I can take them daily, and then I have appointments on Saturdays as well. Awesome. And I'll be making sure to link everything down in those show notes. So thank you again, Tiffany, for speaking on the show and really helping other moms and birth workers and just women in general, getting that like mental health boost, as you said, and really just raising their overall, overall mental well-being. It's, it's so appreciated from everybody. Yeah. Well, thank you for being a part of that conversation and, and doing your part for awareness as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. If you are a mom and you feel like you are suffering from prenatal or postpartum anxiety or depression, feel free to reach out to us at dallasbirthguide.com. And if you are a birth worker who feels like she may have had a secondary trauma from a birth, also feel free to reach out to us and we can connect you to Tiffany to get you guys some help. We'll see you guys next week.